Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. All right. All right. Welcome, dude. Hey, appreciate it. Glad yeah. to be here. Fuck yeah. Friday night. Cheers to whatever you're drinking there. Yes, sir. Cheers. All right. Hell yeah. Bro, I just, I, my face is probably right. I just got done, like, literally just walked out of the shower, came in, you know, dried off, came in here and uh, started up all my stuff. And, uh, cause I got home and I'm working on the house right now. So I'm, I'm putting in, I'm working on one of the uh, family rooms. So I'm doing all new outlets and switches and shit and redoing some of the walls and shit like that. And, uh, so I've got, it's a mess. It's a mess in there. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, drywall mud everywhere. And, um, oh, Lord, mess with the mud, yeah. dude. so I had, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to make a mess with the, with the, uh, mud and mud pan and everything right now. Cause I don't want to have to clean it up. Cause I started it. Like I got home at, from work at like six and uh, we were going here at seven. So I'm like, I don't want to make the mess. So I have to clean it up and shit. So I'm going to do these outlets. So I'm crawling around on my hands and knees doing the outlets. Well, I've got a bunch of just shit on the floor, you know, like stuff from the ceiling and holes that I've, you know, patched and shit. So there's chunks of stuff on the floor that I'm like kneeling on, you know, when you crawl around, you kneel on, it's like walking on a Lego, you know what I mean? (laughs) Flashbacks with me working with my dad, man. Oh, Jesus. Did he uh, do that kind of work? Uh, Yeah. So he, um, he's always been a construction worker, carpenter, all that, all my life. And uh, we're even doing uh, our workshop right now. So we're having to get on our hands and knees, do some dirty work. We just got done um, putting up the siding and the roof, reshingling the roof. And now we're actually getting into the nitty gritty on the inside. Yeah. But it's, it's a very good process and can't wait to see how it finishes out. Cause I'm, I'm wanting to, kind of dabble into maybe some Cerakote stuff, and that will definitely give me the room to put the equipment. Hell yeah, dude. That'd be awesome. Nice. Well, introduce yourself, man. What's your, uh, what's your call sign and your, um, uh, and then how did you find me or I found you? Because you signed up on our web on the uh, website. Yeah. So for people that don't know me, Hey, I'm Mecca. Um, I'm on site airsoft. And I've been playing airsoft for about 10 years and then competitively for about like maybe four. Um, but yet I found you through um, you doing some podcasts with some buddies of mine or some buddies and also acquaintances. Like I know Cujo, uh, oh, met nice. him at a few tournaments and then uh, shout out Bunny, shout out uh, Bella and oh, shout shit. out Zoe. They're actually... Uh, locals in the georgia scene nice okay yeah dude that's cool so, I, yeah, I, like, I, I like to find out who who knew who what where, where can we connect the dots you know like a family tree how we met everybody right and especially with airsoft as a whole with yeah. like the community and whatnot it's like i can meet somebody in 
New Jersey, and I'll be like, yeah, I know this guy, and Callie, me and him met each other a few times, and we just keep cutting it up in the DMs. It's like, dude, I know the same guy. He's a chill dude. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I find it really crazy in a good way. Now, do you do uh, do you are you mostly in the speed soft, or do you do milsim or both? What do you do? <laughs> me, I am in. I am an enjoyer of shooting people with plastic BBs. So like anything. I will do it. Yeah, anything. Um, <laughs> I'll go play pubs if it's a thing of my buddies want to, you know, go out there and just play. Uh, then we also had the competitive scene. I'm really into doing the competitive uh, aspect of it all. And then also Milsims. There's actually one going down in North Carolina. Uh, in Durham soon that it's going to be in a, uh, I think it's an abandoned mall. Mm. And from what the videos I've seen of their previous op at that same location, it looks pretty wild. Really, really want to get into that. that. Is, that's, is that, that's not Theta events, is it? Theta? No, uh, it is uh, Operation Line Claws. Oh, Line Claws. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Line Claws, uh, they actually do some really good events. I went to one that they did in Myrtle Beach. Oh, nice. Yeah. The the one that they did there was actually because um, you're you're also from South Carolina, correct? Yeah. Is that where you're at? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in Simpsonville. Yeah. Bro, shut up. No way. Where are you at? I'm in I'm in Pelzer, dude. Oh shit. Dude. <laughs> wild. That's Fucking crazy, bro. Wild. Because I knew I heard on your previous podcast that you're like, yeah, I'm from South Carolina. And I'm like, okay, well, do you know that throw a damn dart at the board? Where is he at? Is he in Columbia? Right. Is he, you know, all this, that, and the third. Yeah. but dude, that is wild that we are just like a <laughs> stone throw away from each other. 30 minutes away, 20 minutes away. Um, but yeah, yeah, so their, their event in Myrtle beach was really wild. They actually took the, uh, real estate that was the hard rock, um, uh, park. In Myrtle Beach, huh. yeah. So it was pretty. It was pretty wild. Oh yeah, had, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, Myrtle Beach, right, right. Yeah, they had uh all the little buildings. I call them like kiosks, uh, where it's like you you can go get a, like a t shirt or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. They had all that still up, and it was pretty wild. It was it was a very fun experience. But I I did. Milsons at Lion Claws events, Third Coast events. I have not been to a uh, American Milson yet. Okay. Just just because uh, I'm I'm just poor. <laughs> well, I'm it's, poor. It's it's hard to travel, man. It's expensive. Oh yes, it it you becomes know? very very expensive. But I love traveling regardless. Uh, I'm actually hopefully going to be going out to Cali this year. Uh, just to cut it up with some of the guys that I know out there and just see yeah. what the difference is in comparison to our scene versus their scene. Yeah. Yeah, bro, they've got a ton of shit out there. Oh, yeah. And uh, especially with um, – I've been following them. Adrenaline just uh, opened up there, and it's like they do a thing called reball. And that's like uh, they have a paintball gun, but instead of them shooting paintballs, it's like rubber balls the size of paintballs. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Okay. So I thought that would just be pretty interesting to check out. 
just because it's like, hey, this is really kind of just like Speaky B or NSL, where you just play it like paintball. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, they got so many fields out there, bro. California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to check out uh, N1. N1 is like, from what I've seen, doing really well. And they, they're pretty well known, obviously. Right. So, uh, just I think that's, uh, somebody was telling players me there. that uh, N1 is like home field for LTD. And, um, correct. Yeah. Tac City is like SYG. And then, you know, you got a bunch of, bunch of fields out in that area that, and then the outdoor stuff too. Oh yeah, you got Hollywood Action uh, Park, yep. and then you have uh, Code Red, SC Village. Yeah, Code Red. Yeah. I forget. Didn't didn't one of them close down? Uh, one of the outdoor just, ones. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one. The ones mm-hmm. we just named are still open. I follow them on. I follow all their pages on Instagram. But um, and, and I've talked with people that still play at those. At those okay, fields. Gotcha. but uh, yeah, I, I know. I, I'm sure some of you know one of them has closed down in the area for, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hell yeah, man. So oh, yeah. that's wild. Yeah, you get uh, so you got uh, so you know Bunny, you know um, uh, yeah, no. Zoe. So mm-hmm. if you got now, have you ever been to uh, SS Airsoft? In yes, yes. Okay, uh, that's actually uh. I guess you could say the local field because I'm from South Carolina and all that. Right. I'm having to make that trek up there. But uh, for me, competitive wise, that is the home field. Right. Um, but yet, as far as locally goes, I play at Battlecat, mm-hmm. I play at SS, and I play at GE uh, Airsoft. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's where um, Bunny was telling me. Uh, G- she told me about GE. So. Mm-hmm. Battle Cats, my boys have gone there. Yeah. Uh, when we start our channel, I mean, you guys have probably run into each other somewhere, you know, because uh, uh, they've gone to Battle their, Cats a few times. What are their names? Uh, like Christian, Colton, uh, JP, and, uh, you know, they're under Trifecta Airsoft, but, um, mm-hmm. they, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, they've gone to, um, a bunch of third coast airsoft events at GTI. Okay. And that's, have you been there yet? That's only yeah. I've, I've been to, I've been to GTI for, uh, I'm looking at my patch wall. Stonebreaker. Yep. Did you go to last year's Stonebreaker? No, I went to the 2018. I went to the 2018 oh, okay. Stonebreaker. I was about to say 2019. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was before uh, we started. That was before these guys got started. Yeah, we started our channel in uh, April of 2019. Okay, that's pretty so, dope. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how is uh, it? Their first event was, or first big event, was at um, Eskew. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know where Eskew is. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, that is like near there. Columbia. It's like Newman. I think like so. That. Yeah, they went to a Vietnam event out there. And um, now Eskew is pretty nice. Yeah, that's what I heard. I haven't that's been what, there in a minute. Yeah, they went there a couple times, and then I think I think they're they stopped hosting events. I think they stopped doing you know having big events out there. 
from what I heard. Uh, okay. Yeah. So did you, uh, how did you get into uh, Speedsoft stuff? So when the Speedsoft stuff was like getting into the scene, wasn't even really Speak UV yet. It was just like, hey, I'm seeing everybody running die arm pads and they're running like speedy guns. They're being really aggressive. Right. Uh, it was in that phase. Um, at first, me being a Milsim kid, I was like, man, I don't, I don't really get it. Yeah. It's, you know, you're just kind of egging on problems with like overshooting or anything like that. But then yeah. once I took a step back and I was like, okay, well, I'm aggressive when I play. It's just what I'm wearing is the yeah. difference. Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of stopped caring about the whole speed soft Nilsim thing. It's like, dude, let's just go out there and have fun. Yeah. Like that, that's like probably my biggest rule within myself is just like, don't be a dick. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you follow that rule, it doesn't matter if you're playing Nilsim or speed soft or, you know, <clears throat> you're at this op or you're at this tournament. If you follow that rule, you're going to have fun. You're gonna have fun, and you, and nobody's gonna look at you like you're the asshole. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, you know, speaking of that, like uh, all that drama that happens in the, you know, majority of it in the speedsoft kind of arenas. You know, the short, like the CQB indoor stuff. At least what we see, you know, because milsims mm-hmm. when you've been to them, they're bigger. You don't, you don't really get that close to your enemy. Like, oh no, chucking grenades. You have a whole team with you. Your, uh, you know, groups, you know, like platoons or squads or whatever, like you're, you're not by yourself one-on-one with somebody, you know, with the enemy, like five feet away, you know, it's super rare, uh, to be that close to, uh, an enemy team or, or member, you know, even one-on-one. Oh, yeah. So it's, uh, those things, even if you're pissed off, it's not like you're going to run. If somebody's not calling her hit, which happens in, in most oh, yeah. as well, but, you're not going to run across, you know, you know, you're not going to jog a quarter mile just to go yell yeah, at somebody. You're not going to jog over face. here in, you know, in the midst of 30 other guys, you know, shooting oh, at yeah. you just to run up on this dude. Like, it's just really impractical to uh, come face to face with somebody and, uh, and start, you know, wailing on them. Like, like what happens in, in some of these indoor fields, you know, the indoor fields, you're, you're up close. Um, that, oh, that's yeah. the nature of it, you know, yep, and people's faces 24 seven. Right. Uh, I feel like, you know, you know, it would be funny instead of trying to avoid this whole toxic environment for Speedsoft, you know, where everyone's fighting and shit, mm-hmm. embrace it. So let's go the opposite way with like, I, you know how ice hockey does, right? So you have the refs oh, yeah. here, you got, I mean, these guys, you know, off it, and okay, we're going to throw down. Yeah, you just drop your guns and just start going at it. You got fucking face masks on. You got, you know, most people wear dye mask type of stuff, uh, full face covering, just like in hockey. You know, they got a helmet on. Uh, jerseys and shit. Pull the jerseys up, start wailing on their body, you know, like just embrace it. Let them fight for like two minutes, get it out of their system. Uh, no guns involved. And just let them go at it, bro. We'll just start a new trend, and people will come away with uh, hockey smiles. Okay. Yeah. 
Because that that's what's always been very funny to me is it's people will get up at in people's faces and just be like, Oh, well I hit you, you piece of shit, da, 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 da. And then it's like, okay, well, now what? You just gave him like every profanity in the book and here you are just kinda like standing there. And yeah. like nothing really happens. I find that very childish and just just unnecessary in all honesty. Right. Because it's like you you got to that point of being so mad that you would go up to somebody like that, but yet nothing's done. No. It doesn't accomplish. I mean, you blow off steam. You get it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You vented. All right. We, okay. I get it. Okay. Tell me how you really feel kind of thing. You know, you're, you're done. It's over. All right. Let's go back to spawn and start over. Like, I don't know. Exactly. You know, for me, I'd rather just go ahead and spawn back in and it's like, okay. I'm just going to come at you like twice as hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Give you a few extra love taps. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, it's usually what happens. The, um, yeah, the, uh, the fighting thing with the, uh, indoor stuff. It, it's a, I feel like it's always going to be. Like it's always I mean, going to be. Always. With it being not, a full contact sport, but it is a contact yeah. sport, hobby, whatever you want to call it. Like you're hitting somebody with something and it's going to be a thing of just, Hey, I'm getting pelted over here. I already pelted this guy and he's still pelting me. That anger is going to go up. Yeah. You know, these, uh, I've talked with a bunch of people about, the same thing where, um, and the consequences, you know, getting banned from the fields and shit. And, uh, Bunny and I were talking about that too. And, um, I'm, so I'm thinking about this stuff, like what are some good alternatives for field owners? Instead of banning somebody, they should give them some options, right? Like, like, uh, okay. Run 50 laps, right. Mm. Around the, wherever, building or whatever, you know, uh, clean up the back room or sweep the, you know, Money. put them to work kind of thing here. You do this for, uh, you know, whatever, you know, some kind of punishment like that where it gets some, something physical where it gets their energy out, you know, push ups, running, uh, whatever, clean up, sweep up the floor after the thing or whatever. Um, or be banned for a month, you know, you you choose like yeah definitely give them that option because it's it's a thing of discipline yeah, I find it a thing because at the end of the day whether you like it or not because me and you we're older older guys um, mainly talking about the younger generation that's in this hobby right it is a thing of these field owners are more or less glorified babysitters and. Oh, no. Right. Then it's a it's a thing of hey, we need to show you that when you're here, there's a certain line mm-hmm. of discipline that you need to have yourself at. You need yep. to set yourself up to that level of discipline. You know that respect of hey, this is my place. You are here at my place. You don't need to be here. Yeah, I can tell you to just go. Right. So. I I highly agree with your statement of hey, you 
got heated and yelled at somebody or you mag dumped a kid or something like that. Okay, well, due to whatever level of, you know, wrongdoing that you did, okay, yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to sweep the field. Yeah. Or, hey, you're going to clean the bathrooms with a toothbrush. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. on hands and knees. Like, yeah. I want that grout to be spotless. Um, the, um, you know, like in, in, in school, like middle school, high school, like young high school. And that's what a lot of these players, you know, the, 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 typically it's the younger teenagers that are, at least what I've seen on videos is, is, are the ones that are, you know, majority of the ones that are doing this, you know, craziness. And uh, I mean, it's not crazy. It's just, uh, it's normal teenage stuff, but they do need to know that that's not acceptable behavior in that, in that environment. So it's just like at school, you know, when you play kickball or whatever, volleyball or something, you know, something in uh, in a school, not an organized mm-hmm. sport, but just in physical education class, you know, gym class or whatever, uh, you know, you if you lose your temper, you can't just start fucking, you know, walking up. It can just be going in RKOing kids. Yeah. And like throwing, uh, you know, throwing the ball two feet from their face, you know, kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> so you know that there's going to be some pretty serious consequences. I feel like maybe the uh, banning thing doesn't work too well because obviously it doesn't stop them from uh, acting that way. And I think it's really easy for people to, you know, to flip on full auto and just yeah. like, that's how I'm going to get this guy. Okay. I'm going to get this guy because he's walking towards me and I'm going to full auto him, which I get, I understand. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I- I'm thinking we go the opposite way. We get the parents mm-hmm. to sign a waiver. Hey, if, uh, if shit goes down, they're allowed to wrestle on, on the field yeah. for two minutes, you know, and, yeah, uh, and just let them, <laughs> let them ice hockey fight that shit out. Okay. <laughs> so going into that, it, I agree with, um, what you're saying with, um, mag dumping and all that, um, yeah, having yeah. some repercussions. Right. Um, and then agreeing with what you're saying with banning doesn't really do anything because I've seen it firsthand of, it I go to a place. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, so no, what I was saying is, is like banning people I feel doesn't help. Right. It does not help because all you're doing is saying that, Hey, we, are not going to tolerate your behavior. So we are going to ban you. You more or less just kind of excommunicated him and with him or her being 16, you know, a young adolescent, he's going to be like, hey, yo, like I'm just going to go to this other field and I'm just going to do the same shit. And then he's going to get banned from that field, then he's going to go to the next field and get banned, and it's just, it's not going to stop until something clicks either within him personally, or somebody like steps into the side or disciplines him saying like, hey dude, like this right here, if you keep going this way, it's not going to end good. I mean, the real answer is is we need better parents, okay? How about Dad, oh, yeah. teach your son 
how to fucking act, you know, and have some good sportsmanship. So oh, you know, yeah. if, if I would have done that shit when I was growing up and, uh, and st- like actually started some shit like that, uh, my dad would whip my ass. Okay. Yeah. Dude, so it's also a thing with me. I can agree with you on that because uh, my dad, when I was young, um, he used to teach karate. Um, And actually, with with you being around in the area, you may have known him. Enoch? Who is it? Enoch. Enoch? Uh Uh-uh. Okay. He was in Anderson. Um, But he used to teach karate with Enoch. In Anderson, and that's where I got most of my discipline and all of that. Okay. And it was it was definitely a thing of my dad taught me like, yo, like if you do some fuck shit, it, it's your ass is grass. Yeah. Well, like unless it is arts. absolutely necessary. Yeah, martial arts. They you know one of the big things they teach discipline, honestly or obviously, but uh, honor. Like, uh, you know, you, this isn't, uh, it's meant to be used as defense, not, you know, you, you try to avoid confrontation, you know, if you can, uh, you don't use it, um, just to show your ability to whip somebody's ass or something. It's more of a, you know, we're not here living in karate kid, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hear you, man. Well, that that's so wild uh, that you're so close. Well, I have to because um, Pelzer, man. I'm I usually do uh, some work out towards that way. Um, mm. I actually used to work in uh, Piedmont um, years ago on uh, right off of um, fifty three, one fifty three. Yeah, one fifty three. Yeah, and um, yeah, Fabricow. You know, making uh cups and uh like okay, solar yeah, cups, yeah. plastic solar cups and shit yeah i used to work out there in a while but uh we used to go to pelzer all the time after you know out that way i got gotcha. you did you but yeah there? no i'm actually yes i'm born and raised in pelzer um me and my family we got a big lot of land and right now i'm actually living in my childhood home um we took this place, uh, my childhood home, yeah. like where I grew up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm actually living in it right now. Uh, we rented it out. And then when I came, you know, the age of like, hey, I want to like leave. They're just like, hey, instead of, you know, go find something else, you can just live right here. Yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, for sure. So that, that was a blessing uh, above all else. So it's really nice. But, yeah, I've lived here in Pilsner all my life. Uh, thought about moving, and then I was just like, nah, I can't do it. Family's too important. Yeah, do you have uh, siblings? Do you have any brothers or sisters? Uh, no, actually. That's uh, honestly why I really, in a way, liked Airsoft, because it was more of a thing of, like, finding a brotherhood yep. of sort of, you know, just having – people that I could call family that weren't really family. Sure. Because this whole time I've, I've been an only child. Uh, my dad, he, I actually do have some half brothers. Uh, and they're, they're all right, but yeah, they don't really come around much. So gotcha. it's like 
you know, what's the point of really trying to be with them, not really hanging close. out with them? Right. Yeah, we're not super duper close. Yeah. So that's that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I've stuck with Airsoft is more of the brotherhood, camaraderie type of thing. Sure. And that right there, it's a it's a really nice feeling. Hell yeah. To have somebody that clicks with you on such a level that it's right. like, you know, like, are you sure that you're not my brother? Like, did you go to an orphanage at first? <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, that's a big thing I've heard too. Uh, most people, you know, the community, the camaraderie, it's, okay. uh, that's probably the biggest thing that holds people into, uh, or gets people really into airsoft, you know, um, mm. is the, is the crowd, you know, the, the kind of the environment that's created by, you know, we're talking about these, uh, like the indoor fields and people, uh, the, the younger teenagers, you know, going at it, fighting and stuff. That's a, that's a really small percentage. It doesn't happen like, oh, yeah, it's like crazy out of hand, you know, it doesn't happen like every single round, every single match, every single game, uh, at every single indoor field, you know, throughout the country. It's a, uh, it's a very small percentage. Majority of games played are, um, are, are cool. You know, everyone's cool. Yeah. Like we play the game and even if they do get heated, it doesn't end up that way. It does, you know, it ends pretty quickly. Like, you know, I've talked with people, they're like, they'll get pissed off in the moment and they won't start anything. They'll just walk off, you know? Um, one guy was saying, you know, he's like, you know, this guy tried to come up and say, Hey, I'm sorry, whatever. And he's just like, Hey, just give me a second, you know, kind of, and walked away, you know, and that's the best, one of the best things you can do. Like when Mm -hmm. I was growing up as a kid, you know, uh, this old saying or technique, I guess, you know, go away and count to 10, right? Just shut your Mm -hmm. mouth and count to 10. And, uh, and it's such a, super super simple rule and really basic and I, I feel like a lot of parents don't teach these basics anymore with sportsmanship with manners with respect uh they i don't know if they're they haven't been around you know to teach them their kids or if they're just lazy and that or if maybe they uh, i think a lot of parents honestly they don't understand what their job is as a parent. Once you, oh, yeah. once you have a kid, okay. Once that baby's born, uh, you just in biologically, you know, you're supposed to keep the the human, <laughs> you know, mini human like safe, uh, fed, right, like healthy. Uh, and then as they start learning things, you're supposed your job is to teach them how to become kind of like you as far as self-reliant, uh, responsible, productive uh, in your little village or society or town or city or whatever. Like you you, you have to teach them the rules of the world. And that is oh, – yeah. and a lot of parents just stop at the basics. They'll teach them like, oh, don't touch that. It's sharp. Don't touch that. It's hot. Um, that kind of thing. But they don't teach them manners anymore like say please and thank you. Uh, you know, hold the door for somebody. Um, you know, if you see somebody struggling over here, uh, go help, give them a hand, right? Pick it up. You know, if they're struggling, lift something, go do that. Like, uh, you know, be neighborly, be, uh, respectful, be, uh, 
because that's how you get respect as well. You know, and you got to respect yourself. Uh, but it is like they, they don't teach these basics anymore. And these teenagers are going, man, I don't know. I guess, I mean, humans are going to learn. Like oh, they're going to learn from somewhere. That whether they, they, yeah, nothing they parents don't teach them. Yeah, they're going to learn from their friends. They're going to they're going to observe. And right now, in our day and like when I was growing up, we didn't have you know video stuff to learn from, like like we do now. And it's uh, it was you learn from your friends and what you hey, saw hey. in front of you. If you if your parents are being hypocritical, they're telling you one thing and they're doing another. Uh, you learn by the time you're about eight, nine, ten years old. You're like, bro, like you don't you're not doing what you're telling me. Your words don't line up with your actions, and it's weird, you know? And then by the time you're, like, 13, you're like, fuck this motherfucker, man. He's all, exactly. like, tell me. <laughs> you know, he's still telling me because I said so, and that doesn't work, you know, for kids. Oh. And it's uh, they need some explanation, but it starts when they're young. Like, hey, let me teach you this. You know, hey, say thank you. You know, this person gave you something. And then a four-year-old doesn't want to. So they're going to turn mm-hmm. away. No, you have to make no, them. No, they're tantrums. <laughs> yeah, you've got to make them. Like, throw a tantrum, you're going to get swatted because that's not acceptable behavior. Right? Exactly. There's going to be a and consequence. You, you do it in the store. Yeah, you don't walk away and ignore them. That doesn't fucking fix it, bro. Like, oh, it no. just does not. Like, you got to – and, you know, when these guys are full-automing each other on the field, that's basically a temper tantrum. Oh, yeah. You know, they can't control it. So that is textbook temper tantrum. <laughs> it um, really is. Yeah. Because nowadays, kind of how you're saying, where, you know, even back when I was growing up, I was kind of at the last little bit of people that, you know, monkey see, monkey do type things of, sure. you know, my family's doing this, my friends are doing that. Okay, what's right? What's wrong? I was at like, I would say the last little like age group that had that. Nowadays you have the social media, you have, mm-hmm. you know, the internet of like, Oh, this dude's like going all crazy and acting wild in public. And look at how many views and likes and right. like positive, uh, reinforcement that he got. From uh-huh. it. And they think that that's okay. And I feel like now, growing up around this, the parents are going to have a lot of, I guess you could say, working to working uh, double time. Yeah. Which you know that's how it is. You know, a parent's job is, you know, ever going. Sure, man, all the time. All the time. Now, when you grew up, did you uh, did you play sports or anything in high school? Did you have any other so, before airsoft? I did. Uh, so I did the karate thing uh, mm-hmm. for a while, and then my father he had to uh, stop teaching, and that was like my only ride. So he stopped, I stopped. Sure. But other than that, I did soccer, I did baseball, and then uh, I did golf. Oh, nice. Uh, and do golf? Like it real was, golf? yeah, real golf. But not not. Uh, that's all I no. know. Is putt golf. <laughs> no, like for me, like I was really, I was really good at golf. My dad, I don't know if he wanted me to be like the next Tiger Woods or what, yeah. but yeah, dude. Ever since like I was 
old enough to hold a golf club. He put one in my hand and he was like, yeah, you're coming with me to the golf course. No shit. Okay. And I was like, yo, dude, okay, I'm down. And I remember my first golf club was like a little pitching wedge. Like this thing was probably about maybe that tall. (laughs) Right. And I would use that thing for everything. I would use it as a putter. I would use it as a driver. But it was it was nice. I really enjoyed that time in my life of uh, playing golf with, mm-hmm. for the school, and I was uh, pretty good at it. Um, and probably my probably my most memorable moment memorable moment uh, on the team was I did a thirty two foot putt. Damn. Yeah. Like. Holy shit. Um. It was for it was for a tournament, um, and they they were fine with uh, our parents walking with us and like if they wanted to like coach us, fine. It's you know it's whatever. At the end of the day, it was you, the club, and the ball. Right. Like, they could tell you whatever they wanted to say, and so my dad was just like, "Yo, dude, like you know, I know with with this play, it's gonna." Here. Yeah, he was basically telling me, he was like, you know, you see the green, it's kind of kind of walking and weaving and stuff, so you need to aim, like, right here, that way it rolls into the next hill to line up with the hole. I was like, well, okay. And so I took his words in, and I just putted it, and, like, dude, it, it was, like, slow motion. It was, like, <laughs> slow motion, dude. Yeah. Saw that, I saw that ball roll this hill, roll that hill, and then it lined up. And, dude, I, at first I thought it wasn't going to make it. I thought it was going to be, like, two inches short, and it just yeah. creeped in. And, no dude, shit. that... It's one of those slow losing. ones where it just kept slowing yeah. down, slowing down, and it, but it kept going. It was like, yeah, oh, Yeah, like, at oh. the last bit, it teed yeah. it in. Oh, shit. And, okay. dude, I lost my shit. I was so excited. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, like, being on the golf team and then uh, the baseball team. It, it was definitely oh, yeah. a a good discipline and like mm-hmm. teamwork building part of my life. The soccer, not that much, just because yeah. it was like elementary school soccer. We we were just shitting those kids, just wanting to kick a ball. Yeah, I mean, soccer sucks, bro. So oh, I'm gonna God. get a bunch of hate from that because a bunch of people I talked with uh, love soccer and they played soccer. So hey, I apologize, to all. Okay, I, I'm a football <laughs> guy. Like American football, okay, not soccer, but uh, soccer is such an old sport. I know baseball is too, and all that. But um, to me, I'd rather honestly. You know how people say, "Oh, golf is so slow and boring." It's like you know, boring to watch. I would l- seriously watch golf more than soccer. Soccer is, uh, yeah, it's just not. Our our kids played soccer when they were, you know, we we put them in soccer just for something active. And teamwork and, you know, learning like that. And it was the same thing, like elementary school, you know, they're like seven, eight, you know, nine years old playing soccer, whatever. Uh, it's great for kids, you know, it's good to get them out there and let them run around. It's fun uh, socially, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, the, uh, I feel like soccer is, uh, is too old of a sport that hasn't changed. Like the rules haven't changed. They haven't made it. Yeah, they they tried to make much. it exciting. Like it's not exciting, bro. It is nah, not. Exciting. I mean, you're really just watching a group of like 20 guys just run up and down the field. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, what was the score? Was One. it? 
like 20 <laughs> was it like 20 to 34 no, nah dude no. it was zero to one no it, it's it's kind of like nascar like nascar uh, you dude. know it's it's boring okay but when there's a crash you know oh, not yeah, deadly crash, crash, like, obviously. yeah then then it's fun but uh you know, soccer is the same way. When there's a score, when somebody scores, oh, it's fun. Oh yeah, but it's so fucking rare, bro. Jesus, it's like that's it's how baseball is becoming because pitchers are getting so good, mm. or maybe batters are getting worse. I don't fucking know, but there's like you know one to zero, you know, uh, in the eighth inning, and then finally the, they switch out. Yeah, all of a sudden, the batter and, that goes off. Yeah, they get you know three three scores with three runs or whatever, but it's, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I just don't, I know that there's people out there that like those kind of sports watching those kind of sports, or whatever. But, uh, to me, they're boring as fuck, man. I'd rather watch golf. Golf. At least golf has this calming effect. If you yeah. want to watch it on TV, because everyone kind of, you know, even the announcers kind of get, they talk in a very, uh, quiet, very calm, melatonin. Calm, yeah, and um, and everyone kind of gets quiet when the when the uh, the golfer is getting ready to putt or you know hit the ball or whatever, and it's real. And then the aesthetics, man, it's like you got all this vibrant green golf courses are oh yeah beautiful, they're Dude. so pretty, you know. Yeah, it's that's honestly fun. one of the greatest things I like about golf is the yeah. nature of it all. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like relaxing. Now, what did you? Uh, oh, yeah. What kind of? Uh, what position did you play on uh, baseball? Uh, baseball, I was uh, our center fielder because yeah. me, I love to run, and it was a thing of if left or right field couldn't get it, it was my it was my job to like just sprint after it and then just yeah. whatever happens next happens next. Well, everyone knows uh, center fielders uh, typically are the the ones that have the the best throwing arm, you know, as far as distance. Oh yeah, no, I could I could chuck that thing. <laughs> like if I, if I if I really wanted to, I could like chuck the baseball back to home plate. Right. You take those couple steps and just heave that fucker. You know, it's like oh yeah, right over the pitcher's head, bounces once and uh, right to the uh, catcher. Yeah. But uh, no, I think my love of the sports that I did play really implemented into the whole airsoft aspect of when competitive airsoft came out. I was like, yo dude, you know, we got our positions. We got our, it, it just feels like I'm back in high school. Yeah. Doing it all over again. And so I feel like that's what kind of drove me to do it again. And, you know, I've been in love with it. Some, some tournaments, um, tournament formats, I should say. Um, are a little weird. Like uh, I went to uh, NSL in Indy, and oh, you were just last weekend. Yeah, I was there at uh, Indy. Oh, shit. Uh, you drive, you drove cool. out there. Yeah, so uh, me and a few of my teammates, uh, we drove out there to go play it. Uh, we actually had some Cali guys out there that uh, hit us up, and we're like, "Yo, you know, what we we, we need three people." Well, we were bloodline. Oh shit, bloodline, right? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were bloodline. So yeah. uh, they're like, yeah, like a few of our guys, they they couldn't make it, so we filled in their spots. Uh, 
And it was pretty fun. Uh, I'll say this uh, in comparison to like SpeakUB or even CSL. Um, this is really, really different. Oh, yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like NSL is definitely going to change the game because this is this is more. So SpeakyB they switched up their thing to a point based system. You know, like grab the flag is X amount of points, so kill is this amount of points. If you get a penalty, it's taken away this amount of points. Um, with NSL, it's like, hey, how far you go mm-hmm. on the field. Like, you get into zone one, okay, cool, you got 10 points for your team. Yeah. Oh, you got to zone three, okay, you got, like, 25 points for your team. Something like that. And then if you hung hung it, it is like, okay, you take away those zone points that you grabbed, and now you just get the hang points, which yeah, is 12 points. more than what you could get. Yeah, it's like 12 points. Um, you get on your first uh, try? Yeah, first try, and I think it... I think it Degrades. Yeah, first so try. second try. Uh, well, I was talking with um, the podcast that came out this morning is uh, Anthony from um, uh, CIA Tampa, or okay. they just changed yeah, yeah, yeah. the team name to Obey Airsoft, and um, he was explaining a lot of the rules too, like that where your first try, if you hang it, it's uh, twelve points, and then ten on your second try, and then I guess eight or whatever on your third try or something, but you know, it's uh there's a lot of rules that are, there is. dude, there's so many similarities to American football, which mm-hmm. is really fucking. Yeah. Cool. Because you got like fouls and all that. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, kind of how you were uh, saying with bunny last, uh, last time you guys were talking, uh, talking about the penalty box. That was a thing uh, there with NSL is that if, it's a if it's a penalty higher than a minor, I think you get into the penalty box for the round. Yeah, and so now your guys are having to play a four man instead of a five. But um, yeah, that's yeah. I, I find uh, I found NSL really fun. Shout out to an indie. Um, was a really nice field. It was very different. This is the first time I ever played with uh, those inflatable barriers yeah. so it was definitely a uh, skill curve for me right because i'm more used to you know general Hard plywood barriers, barriers. Uh-huh. you know it's it's this it's not soft and squishy and it's set up pyramid. i was just like dude good lord mm-hmm. uh, because there were so many times you can't run up on there and like game. lean against it and things right. gonna, you're gonna fall over yeah yeah if i if i like try and like lean on it i'm gonna uh-huh. fall on my ass And then another thing was is like uh, the angles. The angles definitely changed up because with hard barriers, you're looking more for a linear angle. Mm -hmm. You're not worried about okay, I'm right here. It's not. I'm good. But yet this guy all the way out here, because it's like a domed pyramid, can see like that much Uh of my mask, and he's hitting it. And sure is not. Sure enough. I had three uh, deaths on me where somebody just like clipped my mask, and I was like, "You son of a bitch!" That was a good shot. Now, how did you? Um, so, who was I just talking with? Um, oh shit! Uh, I just talked with somebody that played there, and they were talking yeah. about uh, there was a little, a little confusion on with some of the refs 
uh, like mm. maybe that was a, well, I mean, it wasn't like a huge problem, but it was, uh, you know, they were like, Hey, everything was great. It was fine. But you know, this is their first one here. And, um, and they were kind of like, Hey, what, what they could change is. Yeah. What they can improve on. Yeah. Improve on. Because uh, was, uh, even when we were watching, I was watching a lot of the games on Saturday and there was definitely some confusion with some of the teams as well, where there were like the countdown timer was going and there was supposed to be a team ready and there wasn't, it was like one time yeah. there was a team ready and no, nobody on the other side. And it was like a, they won by default. Um, yeah. So it was definitely uh, actually, I think that, that was, um, I think that was us. I think that was oh. us. I think uh, Bloodline was because I know for a fact Bloodline was at the uh, box at the start box. Yeah, on our side, and we we're just waiting, and then all of a sudden, hey, game over. You guys win. They didn't show <laughs> up, and I was like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. What, the, so I with think that, what, how do they? How do they score that? How do they give you guys? What, what kind of points they give you for that? Did Did they ever say? They didn't say, a... but yet I would guess the best way would be, hey, these guys didn't show up. We're going to go ahead and give you a flag hang. You know, whatever so try you're on, you get the points for the flag hang. Yeah. Do, do you guys uh, accumulate? So it doesn't, I guess, uh, does it matter? Do you carry points from game to game in that tournament, or is it just how many wins you got? So, yeah, so the way that I saw it, and again, uh, I could probably have this completely wrong because it's my first NSL, but from what I was seeing is you say you got 10 points game one, and then game two, you got 15. So now your total point ranking is 25, and then out of eight teams, you're second place because first place has 40 in total. Third place has like 15. And then everybody else is like in the single digits or even negatives. I saw negatives in the leaderboard because of penalties. Oh, because of penalties. Right. Um, actually, I think we got, we were like second or third after day one. Because we had like group. five points, yeah, out of our group, out of our division. Yeah. Uh, we had five points, and we were like second or third because like everybody else on our division had negative points. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like we, I think it was us third because I think like second and first had like 20 and 30. But then it was us at five, and then everybody else was below us because they had negatives. That's crazy. Um, I feel like once people get used to the penalty system and actually like learn how the format is played, I feel like we'll stop seeing a lot of uh, negatives on the on the leaderboard. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, once you know, this is our first time, and I know a lot of teams that went to that were not used to the NSL rules. Like they had to, oh, oh. like you know, I've I've talked with uh, uh part of uh, or a lot of members from uh, Team Nebula. You know, Nebula. Up in uh, yeah, Nebula, um, they were there. I am Dylan. We actually and, played against Nebula. They were actually uh, there were some pretty good dudes. Yeah, yeah, Masher, Dylan, um, Mama Yaga, those guys. They uh, and then um, yeah, so they. I, I watched. 
you know, those guys play too. And mm. I just, actually, I just hit them up. I want to, I want to have them on to talk about the tournament just like we are, but how did you yeah. end up with uh bloodline? Like what, uh, so were you playing with, um, so you've been playing speed soft tournaments here mm. or in this area for a, a long enough time to where you were able to get, you know, with uh, these guys to play NSL. Cause that's a big step. Up. Oh, yeah. Um, so for me, it was a thing of, um, for me, I'm on uh, the airsoft team, Cy. So you know, Cy Kappa Customs. Yeah. It's uh, it's his team. And That's crazy. Okay. So we were we were like thinking about going, but then we were like, we don't know. And then all of a sudden, uh, ever heard of a team uh, called Hellfire? I, They're out uh, in California. Maybe. Maybe. So um, Green and Donut. Green and Donut hit us up, and they were like, "Hey, man, like we need to, we need people. We need like three guys." Mm. And that's when uh, my captain he called me up and he was like, "Yo, like this is our situation. This is the offer. You down?" I was like, "Hey, man, I'm down." And so we got in the car, fucking. Oh, and we got there. We got there at like six a.m. that Saturday. Yeah, and uh, and then we played. But it was it was really just a whole thing of just like having yeah. friends, having friends in high places, or just in general having friends. Yeah. Of you know, hey man, we're here. We just we need some help, and I'm like, hey man, I'm all about giving up help. Yeah, that's cool, man. So that that's what we did, uh, and then we at the end of it all got six. And I mean, this is like a pickup team. In a sense, you know, we this is the first time that we've played with each other as a team. Yeah, and we right. got six. That's crazy. Um, but it, it was a pretty fun experience. It was, now, it was you, definitely fun. Did you have to learn, like, uh, before going there? Did you have to learn? Did you guys study the rules and stuff? Like, try to memorize what you were? Because, I mean, if so, you didn't know yes. anything, it'd be a, kind of a clusterfuck, right? So as soon as my captain hit me up, I went immediately to the website and looked at the rules and I just, I studied, I nitpicked and I picked that rule book apart. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I am not to do. This is what I am to do. Okay. When you were reading through those, when you were reading through those, was there anything that was, um, any certain ones that stood out that were like kind of confusing that you didn't understand you had to kind of go over again or you had to ask somebody? So one thing that really took me was um, the snatch. Uh, So for people that are listening that don't know, um, NSL, they play it kind of like SpeakyB where – you have a flag and you need to hang the flag, but it is a, an attack side and a defense side. So the attack side has the flag and they need to hang it on the starting wall of the enemy side. But yet if um, if the flag is dropped because like you killed the flag carrier or whatnot and the defending team rushes up and tags, like basically puts hands on that flag, uh, the game is over. 
and they call it a snatch. And then it like turns over. And I was like, dude, what the hell? What what what's this all about? And the best way the best way that I was told was, hey man, it's just like in football if you intercepted the ball. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But once once he said it was like an interception, I was like, okay, that that seems yep. about right. Uh so there was that. Um I do I do and don't like the whole um having to have a jersey with a number being oh, one of the rules. That is a requirement. Uh one of the requirements is is that you need to have like a jersey where you got your number like on your sleeves, on your back, uh possibly like even up here. Uh-huh. Uh just for easy um easy for the refs to identify the player that possibly had a penalty on them. Right. So for our team, we don't do jerseys. We we just wear like a black combat shirt with some gray tactical pants. Yeah. And so, you know, unless we're wearing uh patches, like number patches, we don't have a number. Uh, so what'd you guys uh, do? So it's funny enough for me, I took uh some tape. I just put I just put some tape on my sleeves uh and just sharpied my number. And that's what it was. So if you if you go back uh to the NSL uh live feed, if you see somebody that's wearing running like some tape squares on his sleeves, that's me. <laughs> So what did uh so what about your your teammates from Cali or whatever did they have actual jerseys for their team for Bloodline? So yes, they actually did. They actually had okay. shirts made. It's just because it for us it was last minute that I was just like, "Hey man, just give me some duct tape. I will I will redneck <laughs> the hell out of That's this right awesome, now. Dude. I don't care." I love it. <clears throat> yeah. Um but it was, it was definitely a fun experience. Um uh, I find it pretty enjoyable now that I understand the rules uh, and definitely can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm on their YouTube channel right now. I was going to look it up, um, one of the ones from uh, Saturday. Do you remember how far into it you guys played? Um, so on Saturday – Gosh, I'm gonna share the screen. See if it comes up on your okay. uh, on your thing. Who do I, who's this? Uh, Elt. What is that? Elite and then Murder Inc. That's Elite. Yeah, Murder. Hey, shout out Murder. Those are those are the homies. The homies. The homies, bro. Shout out Beaver, yeah, yeah. Bacon, Lou. All right, let's see what we got here. <clears throat> can you see that? Yeah, I can see that. Okay. I'm actually, going to can I? Yeah, I can see it better if I do it. I think this is Saturday. Oh no, this is day two. All right, so this is Saturday. Let's see here. Tacos and Jokers. So I know for us, 
on day two, we actually did get knocked out because when um, it went to, I think, quarters, quarters of semis, I forget what they said it was. Yeah. Uh, it was single elimination after that, and then sadly we did lose the uh, first game. Uh, okay. Let's see. This is day one. Let's see if we can find a game here. Who are these guys? Oh, this might be the beginning where they they actually didn't start the tournament yet because there's this was the uh, beginning when they did the thing. I remember. Um, oh, here we go. Okay, so that's uh, HSA East. That's uh, Houdini. I've talked to him. Had him on here. Yeah, shout out Houdini. Houdini's yeah. pretty chill. Who's uh, OT two? God, OT two was. Uh... I don't remember that team. I don't. I don't recall because we had so many OTs. Like it was like off the off the grid or something like that that was there. Yeah. Um. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Okay, so yeah, so they're they're getting ready. There's another uh the second video here is their um Oh, there it is. So this is all the gameplay stuff cuz I think that one's the um yeah, PBZ and oh, yeah, this you guys right here. Yeah, this is you guys. So I think this angle is PBZ right here on this side, right? Yeah. Yeah, here we go. So you guys are on the other side. Yeah, I want to see what your, uh, if your jersey's in there. Let's see if it comes up. Uh, I don't recall if I was in rotation for PPC, but yeah, you can definitely see our uh, other jerseys. Yeah, they'll they usually during the game they'll swap camera angles, mm. and uh, we'll be able to see. Uh... <laughs> yeah, those barriers, man. They're everything's rounded. Oh yeah, There's no, and uh, what really threw me for a loop? Yeah, what really threw me for a loop was how uh, how small the actual field was. Yeah, uh, in reality of it all, I like seeing this right now. It's like, dude, this place is big. This place is huge. Which don't get me wrong, it is a big field. Mm-hmm. It's just in comparison, I would have thought it would be bigger. From this but camera angle, it kind of looks like. I, I, if I had to guess, I don't know anything about the dimensions of this field, but if I had to guess from that camera to the back wall, it's probably 40 yards, 30 yards. More or less, yeah. I would say yeah. it's about like 40 it's to 50 yards. not a half yards. football field for sure. It's definitely shorter than a half fo- uh, football field, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Um. Yeah, because it looks like maybe from this barrier, this first one down here to uh, 
these next ones is about five yards. It's about 10. It looks like it's about a 10 yard span between this middle one and this, uh, this triangle looking one here, this pyramid one in the middle or not in the middle. Uh, Because uh, that big tower past that big pyramid, that's the 50 line. Yeah. That's the 50. Yeah. yeah. And then you got that, um, that like cone right here at the front. Uh, That was like right there at the start wall. This here. Yeah, that uh, that one right, right there, here. that center bottom. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's, so it's it. Yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably forty yards, thirty yards. Okay. But I mean, it's uh, you know, the the way it's laid out, um, it keeps the game fast, like moving. Mm-hmm. You know what's uh, wild? I just noticed uh, is they only have one plexi or hardcover right yeah. here. On one side of the field. So, Plexi, during that tournament, I actually like their interpretation of using Plexi. Because okay. all the other fields that I went to, all the other fields that I went to, uh, yeah. it, it, they would literally just make like this, like, four by seven Plexi wall. You're right. With here, they made a hardcover where if you're kneeled down, your head, like if you're kneeled down, your eye level, it's just looking at plywood. Mm-hmm. Like if you really want to see through that plexi, you got to crack, like you got to be on the ground, like looking through that plexiglass. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it was a very double-edged sword of like, hey, I got a hardcover, but yeah, they can see my legs. They know where I'm at. Right. You know what I think is cool as shit, man? They got this whole, like, the um, for spectators. Yes, their spectator area was great. Well, not only that, but watching it from afar, like, what you know, watching it on here, is mm. uh, it's set up. Like, the uh, in-between shots, um, like, when they're changing teams, like, right now, they're, they're you know, swapping, like, what, in-between rounds. They've got mm. that emblem that comes up in the middle, okay? I mean, it's like a real sports... Uh, production. Right, like it looks like a real sports broadcasting. Right, broadcast exactly, dude. Like this is uh, it, it's set up cool. They got the the scoreboard up here, the timers going. Um, you know the, the way they have it set up, and then they can swap camera angles. And I'm gonna tell you what's gonna be cool as fuck as they perfect this. Uh, and I think they're gonna make changes as they go. You know, to each tournament throughout the you know this whole year. Um, I'll, what would be cool as fuck is to have GoPros with live feed on the refs. Yes, they can go in on the and refs. do the you know ground you know player level kind of uh, perspective on the uh, camera. Oh, yeah. Because that was one thing that I had to get used to. But honestly, I appreciate looking back at is that the refs. They don't just sit on the sidelines. They will be like, hey, this guy right here, I'm going to follow him. Uh-huh. Hey, he's a, he's a snake. Okay, I'm just going to be like in the general area, just kind of like peeking. And um, these guys actually like did a really good job of calling people on their hits if they didn't yeah, I mean, follow The refs are running around. Like there's enough of them on the field. They're, they're, they're watching. They're in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is you guys again, PBZ and uh, you guys. 
Yeah, this is second try on. I don't. So I can't the, tell who's. So can you see the uh, scoreboard at the top here? The scoring. Yes. Yeah, so the ten and right, zero. So what's the H one? The H one. Uh, you know I so I honestly was trying to get answers on that as well, and okay, I never got okay. that. Um. Because I see the uh, so the time. Uh, and I guess uh, what is uh, whose time is this at the top? And then why is this one zero? Like what? Um, what are these different timers for? So again, that's what I was trying to ask them. But yet, okay. uh, during that tournament, it was so hectic that nobody really had time to really answer mm-hmm. the questions. Uh, the only thing that I can guess is that. Maybe that is the first time, like, where the game ended. Yeah. Uh, during the first round. Yeah, it's uh. That's what I was gonna ask on. I I, I meant to ask in the uh, chat, but I was, I was busy um working on my Jeep, um, so I couldn't sit here and watch it. Yeah. See, I see the timer going. It's counting down for these guys. Okay, so that may be for the three twenty nine. Oh, and it's the same. Okay, so that that's the round counter. So like everything's matched up. So that's the so that's the um for the offense, right? The 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 flag holding team. I wonder if that's so what like, that's like for. the the time that they have to, to try and get that flag tanked. Yeah. And see, like that guy right there, he got hit and he had to drop the flag. Um, and that's where, if anybody on defending was up, they would try and slide in. Yeah, I and think grab they, it. right? I think they wiped out the other team or something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see what happens um, on the next one, and you know, throughout the rest of the year because. I think uh, the last one is in Rhode Island, right? At um, Extreme Airsoft? I think so. I know February February is going to be in Tampa at CIA. Right. Oh, I know. Uh, When I talked to uh, Anthony, he said uh, he invited me down there for that. He's like, you're not that far. You know, I looked it up. It's like an eight-hour drive. Um, And I told him, I was... as I'm looking that up for the uh, directions or whatever, you know, I, I get this thing pop up. It shows uh, Expedia or whatever, a uh, round trip flight from here, you know, GSP out of, out of Greenville, Spartanburg to uh, Tampa and back is 156 bucks. Good Lord. It's cheap as hell, bro. That is really cheap. Honestly, <laughs> like, I was looking at, uh, I was looking at like, gas. I was looking at flights uh, earlier because uh, I'm actually really good friends with these guys in Florida. They're called uh, LSA, Last Stand Airsoft. Yeah, I've heard of I'm friends with them, and I was looking at flights for, like, if, you know, I was to ever go over there and hang out with them. And, um, like, I even saw flights cheap as, like, 80 bucks. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they're cheap, bro. Like, we're not that far. I mean, it's like an hour and 10 minute flight. Exactly. (laughs) It's so nice. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, here's HSA and uh, Nebula. So I had, <laughs> they always talk shit to each other because, uh, you know, they play in like CSL tournaments against each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so when I had Houdini on the second time, he was like, he just stopped in mid-sentence, was like, hold on, hold on. Uh, Dylan, fuck you. Mama Yaga, fuck you. Like, I guess uh, they had just played against each other in a, in some kind of, you know, event or whatever. This is a couple fuck months you, ago. I you. The record is <laughs> Hell yeah, it's funny as hell. There's always lots of Advent rivalries. Oh yeah. yeah, it's all in fun, you know. They're yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, really fun to watch, man. I, I mean, if you don't know what's going on and you're not really interested in it, yeah, it's not going to be that fun to watch. But I'm going to tell you what the um, the announcers uh, wasn't speed wasn't uh, Steve. Or no, Roy? Wasn't Roy one of the announcers? No, Roy was not. Um, oh, okay. But I did see him there. He was, uh, I think he was interviewing people, like, on the fly. Yeah, like, you're talking about Roy CTD? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Uh, not Roy. I'm uh, Kader. It was, uh, Kader was there. It was uh, Steve. Oh, yeah, from PBZ. You know, yeah, Steve QB. Yeah, Steve QB. Yeah, Steve Huey was there, um, and then the commentators were, uh, I don't know him personally, Yeah. Uh, but I'm assuming it's the creator of NSL, he was a commentator. Uh, Monk, uh, Bert from Monk Customs is the, uh, is the guy that started uh, NSL. Oh, well, then no, then I'm hella wrong. Uh, it was like a younger dude, curly hair. Yeah. Uh, but besides the point, he was there commentating, and then uh, next to him, they got uh, Caber. They got Caber to uh, Oh, Caber was doing comment. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, he was he was pretty he was a pretty good commentator. He he brought some he brought his own flavor to it. Oh yeah, he's he's funny to listen to, man. Um, I saw him on uh. On Task Force podcast, yes, sometime last year, and uh, that's the first time I saw him. First time I heard of him, and uh, saw him on there. And then uh, somebody I was talking to recently, um, damn, who was it? <clears throat> somebody I was talking to recently said, uh, "Yeah, they play at this uh, at that field, True Aim." And that's, yeah. you know, I guess he runs that field or whatever. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. It was, oh, it was yeah. cool, man. I, I love being, uh, yeah, I love that being, uh, yeah, I love being part great. of this where this whole new thing is, is, uh, is coming over here. There's tacos. Um, you know, the, the, Podcast I did with uh, Baby Goat Adam, that came out two days before this started. Uh, so it was really cool. You know, I talked to him a, a week before that, but um, it was cool to to have that come out right before this whole thing started and find out you know his perspective because he's you know of course helped uh, bring that over here with uh, with Monk Customs. Wait, I'm I'm all for. All sorts of forms of competition. 
within this hobby and sport, whatever you want to call it. Um, Because I've done this, I've done CSL, Speaky B, uh, I did Battle Arena. Okay. Um, And I find them all great within their own aspects because they all bring something to the table. Here you guys are. This is you and uh, Nebula right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so where are you at? Oh shit! I wish I would. I think you're back here, bro. Oh no, that's no, nah, that, that's baby. I think that's ne- that's Nebula, isn't it? <clears throat> or is that your team? That's on. Camera? It's hard to say because it's like uh, ours were. No, this should be Nebula right here. Because I think I saw some purple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's so hard to tell these angles. See, we need we need more cameras that they can switch to. Yes. Hopefully definitely. they do that. Hopefully they do that for the next one. Right now it's it's really hard to see where Because uh... I know I played against um I know I played against HSA, I think East. I was on I was playing against a team that had Cujo in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely okay. Dude, they've got Okay, the camera view now, this is definitely nebula side because this is uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh I recognize that jersey. Or maybe is that you? Is that the tape on you? Uh, you don't no, have no, no. Oh, okay. You you had a straight black shirt, right? Yeah, I had straight black. Uh, no number on the back. I just had numbers on my sleeves. Gotcha. Okay. I'm still trying to see the um. Who's got the flag? Yeah, they uh. They definitely uh, created a a cool setup that is uh, very interesting, and a lot of people are talking about and excited about. You know, there's a lot of excitement going around about this uh, this whole tournament. Oh yeah. Um, I, I feel like more so than the other ones that have been, you know, with uh, SpeedQB and and uh, NS, or um, CSL. I feel like this is uh, something that a lot of these teams are way more excited about being a part of mm. probably because of the history uh, of that, you know, these tournaments over overseas in Europe and how yeah. good some of these it's teams definitely got the, uh, So they got the track history doing well in Europe and speaky B love them to death. Um, but yeah, I feel like NSL is doing better at implementing a point scoring system um, with like, hey, how far did you go on the field? Did you get into zone one? Did you get into zone three? Well, well, let me, yeah, let me ask you that about that. Uh, I forgot to ask Anthony when I was talking to him um, uh, last week or whatever. So for the points, so getting, when you say, uh, or, you know, when somebody says, uh, Okay, when you get to this point on the field, 
who are they talking about? The what what has to get to that point? The flag? Does it count where the flag oh, is? No. Oh no, it's uh, it's all about uh, people. So say, and it's all attacking side. It's all attacking side because defenders defenders do not get any points when they are defending. Right. It's always the attacker side that that's their opportunity to get the points. Oh, so, that's probably what the countdown timer is for each team. Is that's their offensive timer. That's how much time right. they have to. Okay, I got you. Okay. So, so how so, so if one person on the team gets to the fifty, you know, halfway down the field. Yeah. So they go to the fifty. They're in zone two, and that's going to be X amount of points. And say that's the only guy that goes up to the. Uh, right, and they don't have a flag, uh, or it doesn't matter about the flag. It does not matter who has flag. Mm. It matters of, uh, say, at the end of it all, horn blows. You got three people up on your team on attacking. You got one dude chilling in the back, so he's either not in a zone or in zone one. Yeah, uh, that's going to be X amount of points respectively. Uh, then you got a guy zone two. That's going to be X amount of points. And then your last guy's at zone three. Your zone three is going to be X amount of points. And they'll add that up, and that'll be y'all's points for that try. So they don't uh, – oh, so they do add each player on the field, whatever zone they're in. It adds all – it Correct. all adds up. Oh, okay. So if you had one one in each zone, one person in each zone, you get a – uh, a point for each, or whatever, however many points for that zone for each of those zones. Uh, so out of my like understanding, 10, 15. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because I was trying to follow the, um, like, when you see the scoreboard up top, like, there would be a a match going, and it would end, and then as I'm watching, I'm like, it's still 0-0. Zero, zero. What the fuck happened? And uh, oh, yeah. so I don't know if they were, if whoever was doing the scoreboard was like uh, a little slow on the, on. Oh yeah. The, we're like the adding numbers. the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like it wasn't in real time. Like it didn't pop mm-hmm. up. Or if I was just missing something like, oh, maybe they don't score uh, because whatever, something, you know, maybe they got penalties that I didn't see and I don't know. But. Yeah, so with, with how the scoreboard is right now, uh, showing on the video, is it's PBZ and uh, HSE. Um, HSE has zero, so they're most likely defending. And then PBZ has three, they're most likely attacking. Mm-hmm. So last round, theoretically what I'm thinking is, is that Time ran out. They had one guy left, and he was in a certain zone, so he got that amount of point. Yeah. Uh, which I like because it's not a cut-and-dry thing of, hey, you have to hang the flag. Um, it becomes a more nuanced system. Yeah, you can you can still score a point or some kind of points without hanging the flag. Exactly, because that... For me, I'm a back player, so I, I play rifle. My job is to stay back, lay down suppression, and I'm going to let the faster, skinnier guys go up front and do all the crazy shit. 
Uh, <laughs> the running and diving but, and sliding. And- yes. Dude, like, I mean, for me, I can get down, but not as well as these guys. Not as well as yeah. uh, our, our lighter companions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my job. So if it if this system gives it to where, hey, you know, I got X amount of people out and I can rush up and be at a certain zone and get some points for my team, more the better. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so the H at the top, I'm still trying to figure out what that stands for, but it's uh, it's on 10 now. So H10. I'm thinking, so it was H1. So it's like rounds or matches or what would H stand for? Somebody's going to comment and be like, Bro, it's this. You're so dumb. Yes, what are you, stupid? <laughs> well, well, first off, yes, I am. I went to Palmetto. <laughs> well, what's the, you some kind of stupid or something? Hell yeah, I am. Hell yeah, dude. I'm just a dumb dude in the sticks. We're, we're in South Carolina, bro. Oh, South Kakalaki, dude. Yeah, Kakalaki. We, uh, we know how to shoot guns and drink beer and drive pickup trucks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is a. Uh... Anyway, I had I had a good time watching this stuff. Uh, oh yeah, dude, it was a great experience. Yeah. Um, yeah dude. which, um, actually, to um, ask you a question mm-hmm. on your own podcast, what is your favorite format to run? What do you mean? Is it M4? Is it an AK? Sniper? Oh, you don't know. You don't know my history. I've never played Airsoft. Oh, no. Okay, so that's right. You're kids. <laughs> you you did this for your kids. Yeah, yeah you did yeah. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my boys So you've play. never, you never played Airsoft? Uh-uh. Played paintball uh, back in that's the uh, mid-90s and... Uh, and early 2000s, and, you know, I had a tip in 98, and, uh, which most people did, uh, back, especially back then. Mm. But, um, yeah, the, uh, but I will say this, let me say, uh, my favorite airsoft gun that I was able to shoot since we started our YouTube channel was probably, because we did, uh, unboxings, you know, mystery boxes. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh, and then we did uh, reviews on those guns. So I think my favorite one was the Thompson, or no, no, damn, what was it? Um, shit, it was a World War II uh, era weapon. It was uh, wood, furniture, real wood furniture. This thing is beautiful. Actually, the video we did on it, it um, out of the box, we started firing it, and uh, it started grinding the gears. Oh, dang! Not, gr- not not grinding the gears, not grinding gears. The uh, the motor screw was too loose. You know, it wasn't okay. It wasn't, yeah, so it was they probably whiny. had to, you know, because a lot of these BOAs you get, they're um, they're like returned guns or you know refurbished guns or whatever. You know, they're not brand new, so uh, they probably worked on it and forgot to. You know, tightening it all the way. They probably didn't test it. You know, they probably put right, it back right. together. Like, okay, it's fine. But um, so it shot 
first couple of you know times pulled the trigger it was fine and then uh and then start grinding i i left that in the video i actually showed in the video uh me working on it so i opened it up and then i was like oh it's just the the and i didn't know a whole lot at the time like to go ahead and test that first so it was just mm-hmm. the motor screw so i tightened the motor screw it was fine we went back out there and shot it um god i want to say it was it wasn't a thompson i don't think it was like a STG or something. It was some kind of World War II weapon, but it was really cool. Okay. It was full, you know, it, it shot full auto uh, as well as semi, but um, it came with a drum mag mm. and a uh, metal drum mag. You know, you had to wind, but it was uh, it was still cool, man. It was fun. That was yeah. probably my best, you know, the, the one I had the most fun with. Uh, it felt good. It looked cool. Um, I love the World War II stuff. And... Um, but yeah, that was that was probably it. But you know, we had a lot of fun with uh, with some of these newer guns that these guys bought, not the ones you know just from the mystery boxes. Uh, the LVOAs, you know, the Crytek LVOAs. Yeah, LVOA is pretty a good staple, like a good solid workhorse oh, gun. Yeah, yeah, those were uh, those were fun. The uh, probably the most surprising weapon that we got was we got an airsoft gi mystery box right and we got the rpg7 like the the most badass one okay like the full realistic metal and real wood furniture on it the thing was a beast man it was it was awesome of a four tours huh i said it weighed uh quarter amount of a four Taurus. <laughs> yeah dude it was it was crazy and we had the uh 40 mics to uh shoot out of it you know yeah we had the blue ones and the red ones you know the the long the bigger ones uh i think we shot a watermelon or something with that thing uh it was it was it was cool it was fun so oh, yeah but yeah those are uh yeah those are fun to shoot but yeah i've gone to um I went to Airsoft Columbia once with them, you know, a couple years ago. And then I went to Stonebreaker last year as press pass, you know, as press. And then I went to uh, Iron Dagger this uh, past, well, it was also last year. I think it was, uh, I think Iron Dagger was in October. Also as press. Yeah. So I went to those two uh, Milsims, but, um, yeah, so I haven't uh I mean I've shot all these guns um out in the backyard but haven't gone on the field and played. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely get out there, man. Maybe I'll see you at Battlecat one day. Yeah, I wanna you know, we've talked about it for years. We wanted to go up there and uh actually do an interview, you know, on site interview with uh, with these guys at Battlecats, you know. I've never been there. These guys have. Um, and I did a, uh, a similar type of video at Airsoft Columbia. When we went down there, uh, I interviewed Sam, the owner, and, uh, and a couple of guys and um, took some cool pictures and, you know, to put in the video and stuff. And then, uh, and I followed these guys around on the field while they were playing and filmed. And I had, they gave me a riot shield and then I was just using my phone to film, and I was walking around with the riot shield on the field. Airsoft Columbia is really small indoor field, 
And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, and I got shot a couple times in the back, you know, somebody peeking out, they didn't know, you know, they just saw somebody and shot, whatever. I mean, it's no big deal. It didn't hurt too bad. It was no big deal. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, man. I, I mean, I like being out there. I, um, I, I don't, I don't, I definitely, I've already, you know, I was in the military, so be, you know, rucking all the, the gear for, you know, uh, half a mile or whatever I've already done. It's cool. Uh, it's fine. I like the environment that a mill sim has, but, um, yeah, it, it, it might be a minute before I'm able to get out there and, and move around. So if there's a miracle drug that, uh, that I can get with, uh, you know, where I'm, <laughs> where I can walk normal again, uh, or jog or something, then it'd be cool. I mean, I could go out there now. I can walk, uh, short distances, but, um, and I mean, I can walk like a mile. I can walk a mile. It's not short. Um, gotcha. yeah, but it's, I mean, I was telling somebody recently, like I'm, I like running and gunning kind of, you know, like, uh, when I, yeah, I like the fast paced stuff, uh, when I play paintball and stuff, I'm, I'm not a, uh, hang back and kind of plink away or whatever. I could do that and I could go on the field and do that and maybe I'll have fun. I don't know. But when I think about that, I, it doesn't sound fun to me. What sounds fun to me is if I had my full, you know, is where I could just go out there and, and do like I, you know, uh, run around like I like I was able to uh, six years ago, whatever. Where I could just go out there and do that. That that sounds fun. If I could do that, then I'll have fun. But um, yeah, the uh, just hanging back in the back and somebody driving me around. Now I will say this: everyone's a lot of people have been talking about um, getting in a technical at a mill yes. and running a gun in a technical. Uh, Dude, now that David. would be fun. That would be fun. I I will Dude, do that. I highly recommend. It's so fun. Yeah. Have you done uh, anything like that, or you know, have you been to events that have the technicals? So I have. Uh, so there was actually some technicals at um, Stonebreaker when I went, mm-hmm. and I can tell you right here, right now, like looking at that, I was like, "Yo, that looks so fun!" Because this <laughs> right. dude had like, I think it was like a Ford Ranger or something, and this guy was just driving around and then uh they actually cut a hole in the roof and had a latch nice and this dude's just chilling there with like a 249 just on a ball swivel just hosing people and i thought that was the coolest shit ever i need to hit up my buddies um they're actually from South Carolina, uh, the Carolina Copperheads. They actually chipped in money to buy like a beater truck to turn yeah. into a technical. And I was, I was like, "Yo, yeah, dude, like you let me know when you're taking that thing out to the field because I would love to get some footage of being a technical driver." <laughs> yeah, that would be cool shit, man. Yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely down for that, and I think that's probably what I'm end up doing. Before, uh, you know, anything else, I, you know, this last, uh, when I went to Iron Dagger, mm-hmm. a bunch of teams were there that, and people were there that, uh, I've had on the podcast. And, uh, one of the teams is from Florida, the Tryhards. 
And uh, they had a technical there. And it was fucking badass. Now, they had one at Stonebreaker. <laughs> and uh, they had an H2, you know, Hummer H2. And, um, you know, they, they deck it out, man. They got the top yeah. cut out. They got the, you know, machine gun up there. And uh, the same thing with this big tr- uh, pickup truck they had that was lifted. Man, this thing was high as fuck. I got uh, pictures of that. I think I put them on my Instagram. But um, anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, it looks cool as shit. And that I would definitely do. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to say the first ever, like, vehicle that I ever saw implemented in Airsoft was, um, you, you've been to Red Fox before? No, huh? So Red Fox is, like, right there in, like, Woodruff. Yeah. So, These guys have been, I've heard of it. So they had a event going down there. This was like maybe God, nine, eight years ago. But I saw this dude. He had like an F-250 or an F-350 uh, pickup truck. And he literally just like covered this thing up in OBS plywood, spray painted black to make it look like a like armored HVT. Damn. And it had a big old, like, tank cannon that, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, this man had, like, a big old PVC pipe sticking out the front that was, like, a tank cannon. And I asked him, how, was that just for looks, or does it shoot BBs? He was like, nah, dude, this shoots BBs. What we do is, um, kind of, like, musket loaded. They would just, like, pour a bunch of BBs in there, wad it up. And then they would have a high pressure tank. Yeah. Uh, that would just like a valve smack or it. open and it yeah, they just open out. it and it just shoots it out and it just oh, like shotguns. Cool. I was like, dude, that's, <laughs> that's tight as awesome. shit. And then there was another one that was there that um, acted as just like a transport, but it had uh, cutout uh, windows for like the passengers to shoot out of. It was a Ford Transit van. Okay. That they cut out windows to where they could just like shoot out of. Right. So that was also really cool. But this, yeah, uh, dude, I'm definitely down for technicals and games. This, um, bro, I got to show you this, okay? Because uh, I haven't posted these and I wanted to because this technical at uh, Iron Dagger was fucking awesome. Um, let me see where I. I put them on my OneDrive is what I did. I made a folder on my, uh, not OneDrive, uh, Google Drive. And um, where, Iron Dagger 2. I put them on here because uh, Mr. OT, who's, uh, he was there as well at Iron Dagger. Um, Let me show you this technical, bro. It was fucking awesome. These guys, um... They made a technical out of Oh, here we go. Okay. Let me share the screen real quick. All right, so can you see all those? Did it come up for you? Yeah, I see your webpage. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this 
Oh, yo, what the hell? Bro, it's a Charger they got. It was actually a police vehicle, retired, whatever, you know, a Charger. It already had the brush guard on the front and all that. Um, they, they, so listen, they decked this thing out. They got this thing, uh, four weeks before the event. Dude. They, they bought it at auction four weeks before the event. They painted it. They put all this shit on it. They put the light bar at the top. Okay. Zoom in on here. Look at this fight club thing. Okay. So they painted all this shit. Fight Club, um, you know, it, ha- it already had the searchlight on it, the spotlight. There's light bar at the top. They've got two light bars because they said they were going to do the night games and just fuck with everyone that had nods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, they, this gun right here is a machine gun. I forget which one it is, but it's actually mounted. So yeah, no I was about to say, it looks like they took out the rear window. Yeah, they this one. Well, this one up top is mounted. That's where the gunner is. But there's also whoever's driving can use this gun while they're driving or while they're sitting still. It's sitting in the passenger seat. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I'm seeing that now. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. mounted. It's mounted right there. So let me show you another picture. Hold on, dude. That is fucking wild. Yeah, let's see if we can. Yeah, so you can see that. So there's a there's the whole back end um, is. Uh, I know I've got pictures of inside the car. Oh, it's a video. That's right. Let me see if it'll play. If you can see it. All right. I'll turn the sound okay. real quick. I'll leave it. So I think I'm able. I think they opened the door and I'm able to see the inside. They put a a tablet in there. They mounted a tablet, like set it up just like a police car with like a laptop tablet thing, and they put a map of uh, GTI, the area, wow. the the whole playable area. They put this guy put a map in there. He took the map from the website from Third Coast website, mm-hmm. and um, took the playable map or playable area, put it in there as overlay, and then did something where they could see all the objectives, and then also uh, these guys had some kind of shit on them where they he could see on there where his guys were at on the field. Dude, so, so he had like a whole video game hood on his laptop. Bro, the guy, let's see if we can find this. Uh, the guy that did that was uh, a comms guy in the military, so he knew in, in electronics and shit. So he knew how to set all this shit up. All right, that's ain't it. But dude, that's crazy as hell, dude. Because I'm always down to see like technical innovation, right, in the game. All right, here we go. There's a closer. Yes, uh... right Oh, excuse me. No, that guy in the uh, red shirt. Yeah, that, that's Todd. He lives um, pretty close to you, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he's been in a couple of our videos. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Look inside here. All right. So, let me see if I can... All right, look. So, you got the gunner right there. See that gun? 
it's mounted on that stick. Yeah, yeah. And it swivels. And it's got a hand, you know, he's got this, it's, bro, it is set up perfect for the driver to just sit there and blast. It's crazy. Talk about a drive-by, dude. Uh, For real. So he's got all these radios in the center console there, like CBs. Oh, yeah. Um, Fucking just crazy, bro. Let me see if we can find... uh... So that's the back. That's so they, instead of cutting a thing out of the top, they cut the back window out. Yeah, yeah. And he sits up in the back. Yeah, there's the mounted gun in the in the passenger front. <laughs> Shit's cool as hell, man. Dude, that is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, there's the tablet right there, the tablet. Uh, yep. sitting right above the uh, rear view. That is crazy. So they cut the back. They took the back seat out. So who worked and the, jobs in the military? <laughs> so uh, he was telling me about the uh, the tablet and what it was doing, or what it was capable of doing. And I, and that's that was me actually filming. And I said, "So who worked comms in the military?" Because exactly like, somebody knew how to set this shit up. And they were like, "Yeah, this dude." Uh, they pointed him out when he came over, but uh, yeah, they never knew Joe Biden. At no damn geek squad. <laughs> yeah, right. It was really cool. I think I have the picture of uh, the tryhards technical somewhere. Yeah, here we go. Well, this is the back back part of it. So this is um, the tryhards. Their uh, pickup truck. Damn, I know I got a better picture of it. Um. Because they had a mounted gun in there, they carried a bunch of people, and they would transport as well. You know how the chemicals do. Uh, that's the end ceremony. Hmm. I don't know why. Where my other pictures are, but anyway, yeah. So see something like this too. This is a uh, Tia from Tryhards. They had a gator kind of thing set, you know, there as well. Yeah. They drove around, and that that was strictly for transport. It wasn't like a actual technical. So it was just like, just, hey, you need to get here, you need to get there. Yeah, carry, you know, people that were coming back from spawn or something. Hey, I'll, I'll give you a ride. Like they gave me a ride around the field as I was filming, kind of shit, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. if one of the refs needed, uh, you know, to go somewhere that she would take him around somewhere. So it was pretty cool. It was a good setup. Fun time, man. Yeah. Really fun time. There was like eight, I remember. People, eight people, eight, eight different people and eight different groups of uh, people there that, um, that I got to meet in person that I've had on the podcast. So it was really fucking That's cool. pretty lit. Yeah. Really That's really cool. cool. And we got a group picture with all of them together together somewhere I just don't remember where oh oh that's not it that's the uh yeah so anyway it was, it was good man it was fun it was fun oh but yeah I'm already I already bought the uh, ticket for um for stonebreaker in March I'm going you know then uh oh, in this year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, sadly, I will not be able to make that one, but yet I'm definitely, like you I was saying, that mall uh, op, I'm definitely <laughs> trying to get to that one. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's cool. Yeah, somebody uh, messaged me. <sighs> Who was it? Um, I think it was the guy I talked with last night. Yeah, it was. He's up in North Carolina. And uh, he was like, um, he was like, hey, are you going to, uh, oh, Bone Crusher, which is in Lynchburg. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to that one. I'm going to uh, Stonebreaker. But um, I think Bone Crusher is at uh, Guardian Center. It's in Georgia, I think. Yeah, it sounds about right. Guardian Center, that's usually where they go for in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. I would like to go there. That's that's one of the ones I'm going to go to for sure. But um, that's definitely a, a spot that's on my bucket list for sure. I don't. There's, I'm going to go. Uh, I want to go to Balahack. Have you been there yet? So Balahack, that's Virginia. Mm-hmm. No, I have not. I haven't Sniper. actually played any uh, Virginia airsoft yet. Gotcha. Um, I'm actually talking to my buddy Izzy, uh, talking about Last Stand. Uh, he actually moved to North Carolina, and he hit me up and was like, "Yo, dude, like me and you need to link up and you know check out some Virginia airsoft, some North Carolina airsoft." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, that'd be a bet." Like you know, uh, and one of those places was definitely Balak. Mm, excuse me. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, for sure. I want to go there too. Oh yeah, uh, definitely want to see. Uh, you're talking about uh, Columbia Airsoft Columbia. I definitely want to check their place out when they uh, reopen. Yeah, because uh, I've been looking at their page, and it looks like they got like a whole like warehouse facility or a mall or something. But apparently, they got like a good chunk of that and can have room to expand, like renting out the remainder of that building. Yeah. I can't remember what the guy, the guy I talked with last night, he actually is helping them. Uh, him and his friends are mm-hmm. involved in that whole process. So that's one of the reasons he hit me up to be on the podcast. He wanted to talk about that. And um, he was, uh, he was talking about how, where it's at and what, you know, the, the field and everything, uh, or the layout and it's in a um, kind of like a shopping strip or a strip mall kind of setup yeah, where yeah. it's like a few doors down from the police department. Okay. So uh, they're thinking about, they want to have, uh, you know, open it up for these guys at the police department to train in there, you know, CQB training. And, um, Cause that's, that's uh, starting to become a common thing. I talked with a guy in Pennsylvania and a guy in Ohio, two separate, you know, guys that run different uh, events and fields that, uh, that will do that with their local police departments, you know, and let them train. Like the guy I talked with uh, MK Airsoft, Master Key. Uh, yeah, Gabriel, yeah. He, yeah. He's got uh, two fields open in Ohio. He's about to open a third. And, um, he, uh, the one in Medina, his first field, he lets, uh, the SWAT team and the police department train in there for free whenever they want. So it really helps, you know, they're them out 
the, you know, obviously the police department and it also helps uh, him out because now he's kind of like got good connections with people in the city that, uh, if there's any kind of issues with the field or whatever, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's got somebody to talk to anyway. Right. Um, so, and that, you know, that's something that me and the guy last night were talking about where, you know, because the airsoft Columbia had to close and then, you know, they had to find somewhere else. Um, that's a fairly common thing for airsoft fields, you know, indoor fields where they, uh, they maybe something changes in the city ordinance or the sit, whatever codes, or maybe a building gets, you know, put up over here, or opens up some kind of thing and it changes the, the zoning rules and laws or whatever they have to, ha- you know, get reinspected or whatever it is. Uh, or the landlord, you know, that owns the property that they're leasing from, you know, tr- tries to gouge them or raise the rent or, you know, all kind of shit that happens. And, uh, or maybe their insurance goes way up because of the area they're in. And, uh, it just a, a number of different things that can change that, uh, you know, and one of those type of things is what happened with Airsoft Columbia, why they had to close. And, um, and now they're, you know, they're, uh, they're very close to opening. He said last night, he said that they are planning on opening by the end of February, the end of this month. So. Oh, wow. Well, Hey, yeah, good on them. Right. But, uh, I'm definitely, you know, hats off to them with, um, helping out their local law enforcement community. I'm all about that. Um, and actually Battlecat does that same thing with the Anderson police department. I feel like it's a way to get back to your community mm-hmm. as far as, you know, these guys, you know, they need to be trained up, you know, to help out everybody else. Yeah. It, it does so, help with, uh, when they, when they do that, like it's, it's good to have, you know, police departments, uh, in the know about your field and that thing, because, you know, people drive by, if they see people getting out of their cars, getting ready to walk in there, you know, they're pulling their guns out. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, this, this old, you know, a 40 year old soccer mom thing or whatever is be like, Oh my God, what's going on? You know? And they call somebody, the cops can be exactly. like, yeah, ma'am, we understand what it's a training facility. It's fine. You know, that kind of shit. But, um, <laughs> so it definitely helps. Oops. That also goes into, um, I would like to see uh, more training as far as a civilian standpoint. I would like to see them, you bring somebody in that uh, trains with firearms a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. and teach people about, you know, either firearm safety or, hey, you need to breach this room. Yeah. You know, somebody break into your house, you need to go and sweep and clear. How are you going to do that? Yep. And just give them good basics to really follow up on. Mm. I feel like that would be a really great uh, moving moving forward action. Right. Yeah, something that, that they can offer for, for people to kind of expand their, you know, more options for uh, what they can offer at the field kind of thing. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Well, what uh, uh, what is the uh, what's the big event you're looking forward to again? What's the next one? Uh, so a big event that I am looking forward to is um, in Durham, North Carolina, and it right. I think it's called Thunderdome Two. 
I think it's called Thunderdome 2. Uh, Operation Lion Claws. Uh, you can check him out on Offline. Guy last night, dude. I'm gonna. Yeah, he uh, he he's going to that. He talked about it. Okay, I'll have to link you up with him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Me and a bunch of buddies are thinking about going to that. Um, it should definitely be a hell of a time. Yeah, if you look him up, it's um Raven is their airsoft team name on uh, okay. Instagram. It's Raven. They're in uh, North Carolina. Um, right by Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I will. I will definitely uh, send you his uh, his Instagram after uh, after we're done here, and um, yeah, so you can you know because if you guys meet up out there, you know you're going to the same event. But yeah, he talked about it last night. Oh yeah, dude. I'm always down to meet new people. Mm-hmm. Um. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, I definitely want to. Any other plans for the rest of the year? So as far as the rest of the year goes, um, uh, definitely. Trying to expand the team out, um, probably get some new talent, new blood in there, um, and then other than that, like going to Cali, checking it out. Right. Other than that, just That's trying to shoot the shit with shoot the shit with friends. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because at the end of the day, that's that's the outlet right there when it comes to airsoft is just having fun with your friends, making new friends. Well, do you have uh, any plans for uh, to play. gear or guns? So, actually, I got um, the new, and actually, if you want, I'll go ahead and show, show and tell, you this. Yes. Show and tell, my man. So, <laughs> we got a bunch of new goodies right now. So, uh, Speaky B, I don't know if you... Uh, Follow them on Instagram, see what the new drops are or whatnot. But I do follow they, them. Yes, they do. Uh, they did just release a new uh, belt. I'm trying to figure out how to. Nope, that ain't it. Turn your camera around. Yeah, I'm trying to turn the camera around. It should. I'm old. It should, uh... If you tap on the screen, it'll give you that little arrow to turn around like when you're on a video call. That ain't it. Anyway, I'll just do it like this. Whoa. I got the new got the new Speaky B belt. Nice. What I really like about it is that right here it's nothing but Velcro. Yeah. So for me, it feels a lot like a weightlifting belt. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks uh, like. And then when it comes to right here, it's like a pod pack and paintball. So you got your magazines right. chilling right there. Uh-huh. Um, definitely like that for when I'm running my like AEGs or my pistols. Um, yeah, what do you use? So for me, competition-wise, I run a rifle. Uh, but yet I can also get down and dirty with a pistol. Uh, whether it be public play or tournament. Um, I just may not be as fast and furious as these lighter-built guys. (laughs) Uh, But definitely one thing that I cannot wait to try out on the field is uh, this right here. What? Yes, sir. Now explain that one. What is that? I've seen uh, similar types. 
You know, with these, so, you know, they almost look like a almost like a paintball marker. Right. So that is the main idea and influence of this build. Uh, so the person that made this is uh, Loco Airsoft, uh, Lou from Murder Inc. Shout out to him. Um, so what he does is he takes a F1 receiver, and I don't know what handguard this is, but yeah. he puts his own um, technical design with uh, making the AEG gearbox, yeah. and with the motor grip, obviously, the battery has to go right here, so he knows how to make that happen, where That's the wire shit, is like chilling right there with the motor. Right. So... He made this happen, and dude, I'm telling you right here, right now, like, just chilling on top of the shoulder. Yeah. Just, if I had a micro dot right here, I am just beaming. <laughs> and with this being a DSG, for all you full auto heads out there, like, this, this thing, this thing hurts. If if you go, haha, the thing go burp, this thing is for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've seen those, uh, DSGs. You know what I was, I was talking with the uh, spoon airsoft the first time I had him on. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to see him at a uh, NSO. Yeah, that's right. Right. He was out there. Uh, spoon, he, he goes, uh, him and I were talking about some of these, um, some of these videos, you know, you see online that go viral, you know, the one that's, uh, the guys like, um, no full auto in the building, no full all auto in the building. And, um, he go and I said, yeah, we were talking about that. And I said, yeah, like, all these HPAs are like super fat, like Polish stars are super fast. He goes, no, a lot of people think that was a Polish star, but it wasn't. It was a DSG. And yep. I said, what does that mean? He goes, dual sector gear. I was like, oh, I don't even know what that is. So, yeah, I've never seen, you know, I, that was the first time I heard of it. Yeah. And then like even um, like I haven't really done any research on it, but apparently now they're trying to make like tri-sector gears or something like mm. that. And I'm just like, dude, that that's like crazy, crazy. Yeah, Alienware shit. Okay, Alienware. Uh, <laughs> but that that definitely, I can't wait to hit the field. Uh, and then when I was at NSL, they did a raffle. Yeah. And um, one of the raffles was for uh, AirTac, uh, AirTac carbon uppers. Okay. Um, and I actually won it. So right what? now, right now, I'm actually rocking. The uh, oh, carbon shit. upper that I won in a raffle, and dude, this thing, this thing is light. I'm sure like, it is nothing. And then uh, nuts. So I got that rocking right now with my fusion engine, and then um, I'm about to take away this stubby stock, and uh, I actually have a airsoft gateway uh, stubby drop stock set coming in so i'll have a, a stubby stock but yet it'll be uh with a drop stock adapter that is supposed to be like two clicks out of a crane stock mm. uh and then it'll give me enough vertical clearance to see this uh fiber oh, okay gotcha so this this will definitely be like a staple tournament gun dude that's cool shit and then I got 
Um, SYG DJ, shout out to him. He built this one for me. It's just um, it's just an SSG, but yet trigger response is snappy as all get out. Yeah, show it again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can see it. Hold it up in there so we can see it, man. Let me see the... Uh, so, yeah, the... Oh, yeah, it's kind of like a... There we go, there we go. It's kind of like a sleeper cool, build. Really? Yeah, because... Yeah, because... It, uh, going, uh, it's, it's all right. And then... You're yeah, because it's got like a... It's got like a standard GNG receiver. Like mm-hmm. some... Honestly, I got this rail and barrel set up off of a real gun. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yet everything else, like internally, it just it it goes. Yeah. But those are definitely like my um, staple like rifle setups. And right. then for me, I am always looking for different ways to make airsoft fun. And I definitely have it. So. Oh shit. I have. That's a shotgun with the. Mag adapter and the aluminum PCU tracer. What? So this thing's hella fun. Uh, I love playing with this thing every time I get a chance to. Yeah. Um, I got a VFC MP5. Oh, that's awesome! Hell yeah. That I I still honestly haven't even played with this thing yet because yeah. I've been I've been waiting to uh, upgrade it first. Gotcha. And then probably, well, my latest addition and probably the most fun yeah. is uh, the CQB Sniper. Whoa, that thing's fucking short. And you got a yeah. slaughter patch on it. God bless you. Hell one yeah. of one, baby. One of Shout one. Shout out. But this thing is really fun. Even with a paintball mask, I can look down the EOTech, right. and I'm just I'm beaming people. So what? So explain this. I've heard you know people have talked about this thing for uh, uh, the last uh, probably month that I've been you know people I've been talking with on the uh, podcast. So the CQB sniper. So what? It, what is it? Yes. And uh, why is it so? Why is it considered a sniper when it's fucking short as shit? So, from what I can come from, from where I uh, found it. Just explain what you know of it. CQB Sniper, it's like... Like what? What kind of what makes it a guys? Is it because it's um, it shoots it's bolt action. high FPS. Oh, it's oh, it's bolt action, right? Yeah. So, C, uh, CQB Sniper Gang started out in Cali with uh, Bacon from Murder Inc. and Scotto from HSA. Yeah. So they got sniper rifles and started playing with them at Project M1 to make it a harder challenge for them. And nice. after that, it just blew up. Um, I was talking to Bacon about it, and I was like, dude, like uh, I've been seeing y'all really go at it with a sniper rifle. I'm thinking about getting me one. And he was like, dude, do it. It's like, you can get a one ball on a guy with a rifle or a pistol, but yet, I'm going to tell you this right here firsthand, that nothing compares to a one ball off of a bolt action. <laughs> like, it is so crisp. Uh, like, yeah. it is it is Nirvana, dude. 
Um, because it it's just fun. It's fun to have that little extra bit of challenge where it's like, oh, these guys can just like trigger spam me and pin me down. But yet they let off the trigger for one second and I just peek in and and then peek back out. And there they are walking off back to respawn. I'm just, it, it definitely gives you that dopamine. Right. And it's always a, it's definitely a way to keep airsoft fresh. And that's definitely like what I'm all about, whether it being competitive public play, like give me a way to make this fresh and I'll keep playing. If it gets stale, I'll, I'll start, you know, deteriorating from oh, yeah. my... You can't, have, you can't be boring, bro. You can't be boring. Oh, yeah. It sucks. Never. It sucks. <laughs> so that is cool shit. You know, uh, Kiki Mustang, he was talking about that, where, you know, that's why he loves the bolt actions, because it's he's like, man, it's visceral. Like, you're actually doing something to make this thing work, you know? Like... You shoot oh, yeah. one, and you you know you you take that long shot, whatever, and you get it, and uh, you have to you know rack this thing back, you know, cycle the bolt, and uh, right. you know it's such a a fun. It adds that element that uh, that makes it fun, you know, and uh, it it really makes sense because um, I love that. I like that in real steel. We have a couple of yeah. in the guns. I had one of my most favorite rifles was a. Uh, a Savage 110 30-06 that I had years and years ago before we moved to South Carolina. And uh, I love I love 30-06s anyway. But um, it was a bolt action, full, it was, you know, it's an older rifle, uh, older model. It has, uh, you know, solid wood stock, uh, steel butt plate. Um, you shoot the heavier... <laughs> You shoot a two twenty grade thirty out six, bro. You are hurting, okay? You're hurting. Oh, yeah. but you're gonna pay for it, but it's uh, it is so fun, man. It's just, you know, you 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 shoot, you see that thing, like, you know, you, I had a six power scope on it, and uh, just uh, it, it's so fun to shoot something at long range, and you know, we'd set up like a pumpkin or a fucking can or a. A uh, gallon jug of water or something, and shoot that thing, and just pow, you know. And then you oh, rack the bolt, you cycle that bolt. It's just uh, it, re- and then the you know the shell ejects, and it's got smoke coming out of it. And you rack it back, you know, the next one back in, and then you just calm, and then squeeze the trigger and get that next shot. It, it is fun as fuck, but um, yeah, yeah then you get to your really chiropractor fun. next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a lot. You know, I was, I was I in really good shape when I when I did the when I did that. I was fine, but uh, I did when I and I've told this story before in here. When I um when I first switched, uh, I had that rifle for a while, but I wanted to put a new scope on it, so I went from uh you know a three by nine to a uh, six power, mm. and uh, I had to sight the scope in. Well, I forgot to get ammo before whatever. So on the way over to my buddy's house, you know, his uh, grandparents had a bunch of acres, and uh, he was sighting in his uh, seven millimeter Win Mag that he just got. And this thing was brand new, had synthetic stock with a fucking big ass soft rubber uh, butt plate on it, um, like really smooth to shoot. 
But uh, tip repeating up for your shoulder. <laughs> right. No shit, dude. And um and I, I'm walking over here with this uh, you know, hefty, beefy, uh, you know, solid thing that's gonna wreck my shoulder. But so I stopped on the way, I'm like, shit, I gotta get ammo. I forgot. So the only ammo they have is two twenty. So or maybe it was one eighty. No, mind it was one eighty. It was one eighty. That's right. Okay. But I wanted to get like one fifty or one twenty fives, you know. And uh yeah. so for anyone that doesn't know, if anyone's listening doesn't understand what I'm saying here, you're uh, the grainier bullet. So you're um, the the you know thirty out six is a thirty caliber. That's the diameter, the size of the ra- uh, the hole in your barrel, basically. Uh, and then the um, the uh, grams is what we're saying: one hundred twenty-five gram, one hundred fifty gram, uh, two hundred twenty grams. So those can be. Uh, it's just like in in airsoft, actually, where the BB is heavier, uh, you know, so you got your 0.43s or your, you know, 0.2s or whatever, but, um, you know, the, the size of the BB doesn't change. They just add different material in it to make it heavier. Uh, so it floats easy, you know, straighter in the, uh, through, through the wind and all that shit. But, um, in uh, real steel, the, uh, the bullet is actually longer. So the round that's jammed into the, uh, brass what you don't see is longer. Uh, so mm-hmm. two twenty. So the what you have in a two twenty grain thirty uh, out six bullet is um, uh, what you don't see after the crimp mark is, or after the crimp line is is a lot deeper inside the uh, brass. Uh, and so if you take it apart or take it out, and, and you you can see those online actually. There's pictures of them online. They got, they got diagrams. Uh, yeah, they got diagrams and show. But anyway, so I got the uh, one, um, the one eighties, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, that's fine, whatever." So I got to round eighteen. You know, I'm shooting these in, in, right in a row. You know, he's got a spotting scope. We're setting it up at 150 and uh, 150 yards, and he's got a spotting scope, and we had the actual, you know, uh, round targets, and so uh, I get to round eighteen, and I'm because you're shooting them one after another. You know, he's spotting. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, racking them and, uh, and he's like, okay, you know, this many clicks. And so we're, I'm, I'm sighting it in. I get to round 18. I'm like, okay, like I'm really fucking close. It's like maybe two clicks away from being perfect. And, uh, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm fucking done. I'm done. I just want to go home. I'm done. Well, we didn't have a table either. We're, we're literally laying on this, uh, angled, uh, not angle, but um, piece of ground by the tree that we set up these uh, sandbags on, and uh, and we're laying out, and uh, and so the angle of the rifle, the way I was laying, and the and because I was propping it up on the uh, sandbags, was kind of not seated properly in my in my shoulder like it should be. It was kind of up like a right little, there, collarbone. Yeah, cr- close to the you know. Yeah, top of the I hate collarbones. You know, when you're laying down and prone, it's uh, so it was kind of, you know, facing forward. So it was kind of like on the top by that bone. So it was hitting probably half on my muscle and half on that bone. And, I'm, yeah. and that steel butt plate, bro, is not forgiving. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm done. He's like, you got two more rounds. You can, you know, really get it dialed in. I was like, I'm good. I'm fucking good. You know what? Like, you do it. <laughs> I'm good. You oh, we, do it. So he shot mine too. He shot a couple rounds out of it uh, while I was doing it, and I shot his as well. Uh, and it was like 
it was like a marshmallow, bro. It, it, his with that with the synthetic stock and that thick ass rubber uh, butt plate was uh, it was like a marshmallow. Yeah, that was heavenly. Oh, it was. It really was. And then he shot mine. He's like, "Yeah, that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, but I mean, well, my when, you're there, when you're out there in the woods, uh, once you get it sighted in, you're not going to shoot. You know, five, six, seven rounds in a row. Oh no. Right. It's if you do, there's rounds. a problem. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, you're fucking up. <laughs> oh Lord! Hell yeah, uh, yeah that that was like uh, uh that was like my buddy. Uh, he brought his shotgun, and I cannot recall what stock he had, but it was just like had no rubber whatsoever. But he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I got the uh, I got the shock absorbing uh buffer tube set yeah and i was like well what, okay you know uh, yeah for a 12 gauge but yeah he put yeah. double lock buck in it what and yes and bro. he didn't tell me he was like bro it'll be fine after <laughs> i dumped the whole i dumped the whole tube, dude dumped the whole tube and i was like yeah i'm gonna have to go to the chiropractor <laughs> this thing oh i heard yeah, but so I it's was like, like dude, you the heaviest to get a one spot. that you don't want to shoot out of that, like multiple rounds in a row, is a slug. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the three and a half uh, Magnum, whatever, uh, for a 12 gauge. And then uh, and then double up buck. And then, yeah. yeah, the best one to shoot if you're just messing around is like birdshot. It's so yeah, light. dude, birdshot's so no easy. problem. Right. It's not even that loud, honestly. It's, uh, you know, you don't really feel too much of it. You know, mm-hmm. Those are fun. A double lot buck, man, will fuck you up. Double lot buck is, uh, I'm not sure if, you know, if anyone listening doesn't know, in a shotgun shell, a 12-gauge shell, they're pretty long, a double lot buck is um, nine 38 caliber rounds of yep. balls. So nine balls of lead that are the same size is like a 38, what a 38 would shoot, um, 38 revolver. So that caliber, nine balls of that inside this fucking shell. That's crazy, dude. I saw yeah. this video years ago, man, years ago. This uh, Brazilian, it was in Brazil, Brazilian mm-hmm. like SWAT team or uh, like maybe like uh, similar to what our um, uh, ATF or something like that would be or DEA. They were doing like this okay. drug raid through this uh, village and guys were just running out of these huts like with bags and duffel bags and, you know, of drugs trying to get away and shit. And these guys, these uh, police are walking through this uh, through the street and this this uh, whoever the cameraman was, it was you could see he's like he's aiming like on the right side of the street he turns, but he's he's actually standing closer to the left side of the street. And uh, something happens. You hear something. He turns around, and there's a kind of like a little hut, uh, grass kind of you know um, a tiki hut almost like what you'd see like a tiki bar. And this dude yeah, yeah. runs out. This guy runs out, and uh, there must have been a cop on the inside that kind of you know, and he's running away from. Well, on the right side of this cameraman is another cop with just a a combat shotgun. And mm-hmm. he's in full riot gear, okay? And this cop is just like, and this guy runs out. He's in red 
jogging shorts and a and like a tank top and <laughs> holding this he's holding this like duffel bag full of drugs and he runs out right like po- almost point blank into this cop the cop pulls up the shotgun shoots him in the chest with double op buck uh, this is a video so that my, this is a video that wasn't online. This is a, a video that my buddy sent me through email, and um, so like one of those faces of death kind of sites or whatever that you couldn't, uh, you know, you could like you had to send it to somebody's email kind of thing. So um, this dude, I mean, it just turned his chest into fucking lasagna, bro. Oh it yeah, was, dude. it was bad. Um, and the cop. He pulls his gun up. He shoots that double up buck. He, the guy falls to the ground like a lump of fucking potatoes, and the cop just keeps walking nonchalantly forward, like just looking for next target. It was so fucking crazy, dude. Oh yeah, dude. Like but those are those are uh fucking the that's the fucking shit right there for shotguns. Double up buck is it? Oh yeah, yeah best best defense round. Did you uh did By you grow up shooting real guns? Yeah, so for me I was god, I was I started shooting when I was like four. Nice. So my dad he had his pistol, he had his rifle, his shotgun, all that stuff. Like he obviously would assist me holding the weapon, but yet like sure. I I got really used to uh firearms really early on as a kid. Um, and I think that's what really drove me into also doing airsoft was why would I practice maneuvers or practice aiming and shooting targets with real weapons, especially with how freaking expensive rounds are nowadays. Right. Um, with live ammunition with real firearms when I can just... Mm -hmm go outside with my airsoft gun and just, you know, plink. Okay. I went through a bottle of EVs. Okay. That's 15 bucks. (laughs) Right. Versus, Hey, I shot 10 times. That was like $20. Uh, Yeah. No shit. Um, so build, uh, Chris build a, uh, 50 Beowulf. Ooh. And those rounds okay. are expensive as fuck, man. But yeah. it's fun to shoot. It's fun to shoot. What are they, like two around? I think it is or two around. Yeah. Uh-huh. Two around? Uh-huh. Yeah, because, yeah. like, I think, uh, hell, dude, nine millimeters, like, almost a dollar around. <laughs> I know, right? It's because, well, dude, I carry, with... I carry a 43X, and that that's just ridiculous. Oh, what is that? Uh, the Glock, the Glock 43X. It's oh, like okay. the uh, it's like the subcompact nine millimeter. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I did hear about that uh, not too long ago. Yeah, it's it's a nice little gun. I can't yeah. I cannot complain about it, especially if you get the flush mags for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are tiny. We had a. Oh, yeah. I've got an old. Um, I've got a revolver, a 1955 Smith and Wesson Model Ooh. 10. This is a. Uh, a service revolver given to or issued to um, sheriff department in Ohio way back in 1950s. <laughs> and uh, hey, my, my wife's grandfather, yeah, my wife's grandfather, uh, it was his. So he got out of, he was in uh, world war two. He's dead now, 
But um, he died probably. I mean, he was oh in his eighties, I think, when he died. Mm. Um, but uh, he got out of, out of the military. He was in the army for a long time, and then uh, World War II, whatever. And then uh, when he got out, he went to sheriff's department in in uh, Northeast Ohio, where we're from. And uh, he was on the sheriff's department for like almost thirty years. But that was his original issued weapon when he first got to the sheriff's department and uh in the 50s and um and he gave it to me so he had this huge gun collection but uh he gave it to me and it was uh it was really cool so he had a son but his son didn't go in the military and uh and since i was him and i got along really well uh Mm -hmm. grandfather and he gave me that uh, revolver man it's it's classic bro it's fucking cool oh yeah yeah that right there that's a wall piece right there yeah, they're uh, they're fun to shoot, you know, just really simple and easy and it's weighted perfect, uh, you know, very little recoil because of how how it's balanced, you know. Mm. Hell yeah, man. Heck yeah, dude. Well, dude, that you is. you live close enough. We have definitely got to get together uh when we have uh some of these parties whatever we get together or we go to an event um you know, me and my boys go to an event that uh, you know you're you're going to go to whatever. We have to link up. And, oh, dude, uh, for sure. That'd be fun, bro. Nothing but a awesome. phone call away, man. Right. It's been a uh, great talking with you, man. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and and your team and all that kind of stuff online. All right, awesome, dude. So, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Trifecta Airsoft with uh, me and Trifecta. Uh, I am Cy Mecca. You can find me on Instagram at Cy Mecca, uh, C-Y dot M-E-C-H-A. Uh, and you can find our team page at Cy Airsoft, C-Y Airsoft. And just shoot me a follow. I mean, we can talk the shit on the DMs. We can link up, have some fun, man. It's oh, great. Yeah. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you, man. You have a good night. Yes, sir. You too. All right, brother. Later. All right. Later.